Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen Remember what you were saying about people who record podcast art, people who connect to Skype for the 800th time and then snap? Well, that's us. It's not them. That's us. It's a terrible Tom Hanks impression. My throat's I, like. It was a little Kermit y in there going. I wasn't really sure for a second. I needed like a. I was trying to go for, you know, frazzled Tom Hanks at the, yeah, end, of, yeah. at the end of the movie. But uh, yeah, that was. That, that really like put a strain on my. Oh man, <laughs> if we need to reschedule, that's fine. Uh, no, I, I will, we'll power through. We'll power through. It is Mike and Mike go to the movies. I'm Mike Smith, and joining me, as always, is a man who does not approve of your methods. But then again, Mike. he's not from Chicago. <laughs> I blew that. I'm sorry. You paused so long. <laughs> no, I should. I should have had. I should have had you say. But then again, I'm not from Chicago, Mike Scrooge. Right. That, that's that's what I should have done. So really, this whole thing is just. Uh, it, we're, we got to power through. <laughs> we're just going to Mike Crescio. Yes. I'm good. How are you, Mike? I am good. I'm good, Mike. Uh, yeah, it is a Sunday afternoon. Uh, normally, we're recording on Mondays. Uh, we're changing it up a little bit because I want to watch the Emmys tomorrow. <laughs> that's yeah, the, <laughs> that's good for the you. thing. Yes, I know. Uh, uh, early in the podcast history. I think I used to try to make you watch like all the major award show stuff, right? It was like the Oscars, the Emmys, maybe the Golden Globes, and we would talk about we, we would talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, I think we used to do episodes for all of them. But who gives a shit now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we still do our Oscars thing. We still do an yes. Oscars recap. I, I I've whittled it down to just making you watch the one, uh, which is like actually relevant to the podcast and stuff. With with the Emmys, it's you know, I I, I still watch them every year. Uh, and it's a thing where like 10 years ago when I was watching the Emmys, it was like pretty easy to like keep up on most of the big Emmy nominated shows. And now I'm lucky if I'm able to see like three yeah. <laughs> out of all the shows that are nominated. There's just so much TV, man. <laughs> there's so much. And I'm watching even less than you. So I just don't even right. care. <laughs> uh, but I'm hoping to see better call. Saul sweep up, uh, some awards. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think, uh, I mean, the Emmys will be airing tomorrow as of this recording, but by the time this comes out, they will have already happened. So who knows? Who knows what the future will bring? I can't believe that happened. And either we're sad or excited about it. <laughs> Should we just play this in like, wow, I can't believe. Matthew McFadden for succession. Won the award. <laughs> yeah. And we'll have Kyle like dub it in and post just like, I can't believe Better Call Saul won the award or whatever. Yeah, I think we nailed it. <laughs> I think so. I think that's gonna that's gonna work just fine. Uh, so today we are not talking about the Emmys. We are talking about a couple of movies actually. Uh, last week we didn't really have a plan for what we we're gonna do this week, and then we we're like, you know what? We haven't done a Mike makes Mike watch in a little while. Quite a while since we've done one, right? Yes, and like every time we do one of these episodes, I cannot possibly remember what the last episode <laughs> I, we did was. I, I want to say that the last time we did a Mike makes Mike watch, it was behind enemy lines. <laughs> and Triple X Three: The Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> that can't possibly be true. That feels like so long ago, right? 
It does, but we've been doing a lot of guest mic mic watch. There's been so. a few guest makes mic watch, so I, I think maybe we haven't done an actual mic makes mic watch in a while. So uh, yeah, getting back to the heart of the thing, you know, making us watch stuff, uh, which uh, you were just here in Missoula a couple weeks ago, and uh, we had that experience uh, at at my house once again. That's the reason we do this is because we do this in real life with each other. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, you made me watch uh, Mythic Quest was the big thing. Yes, uh, and, and I gave you dropout like we talked about uh, last episode. Yeah, so we figured, and and in the course of last week's episode, it came to light that I've never seen the Burbs. So we were like, "Hey, after we finished recording, want to just do that?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, that is what this episode is going to be. Uh, Mike watched the Burbs, uh, directed by Joe Dante in 1989, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, and he made me watch a movie that uh, has been mentioned before for a Mike makes Mike watch or a guest makes Mike watch. I think actually, I believe. Uh, Kyle, uh, our sort of producer, music supervisor, editor, whatever you want to call him. He does a lot of things. But this is one of his favorite movies. And I remember last time he was on, he made us watch the Underworld movies, the first two Underworlds. Um, But this was a contender, too, because he realized that I had never seen it. Uh, And that is uh, Brian De Palma's The Untouchables from 1987. So uh, this time you made me watch that. Yeah. Did we did we do the intro thing? I think we skipped over that. We're we're gonna do that in, uh, just now. I'm, I'm I'm getting to it. We, we it all it all just clicked into place. Yeah. We're, we're off the rails. <laughs> the, the, we we flubbed the the cold open, and yep. everything has been bad since then. It really set the tone for this entire episode. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to be talking about both of those movies today, The Burbs and The Untouchables. Uh, and first, we got to tell you that all the theme songs that you're going to hear this episode uh, were created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own themes at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Mac V, whose art you can find at Fearless Guard on Twitter. And if you ever want to contact us and respond to someone we did in the show, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. And now it's time for a Mike Makes Mike Watch. I only choose right. Mike's watching Mike's movie. Picked for him specially. Whoa, it's just another night. Mike's watching Mike's movie. They vary in quality. All right, it's time for Mike Makes Mike Watch. Mike, which movie would you like to talk about first today? I think we should do uh, The Untouchables first. I grew up in a tough neighborhood. Sometimes reputation follows you. Robert De Niro is Al Capone. There is violence in Chicago, of course, but not by me and not by anybody I employ. And I'll tell you why, because it's not good business. Kevin Costner is Elliot Ness. I have sworn to put this man away with any and all legal means at my disposal, and I will do so. Sean Connery is Jimmy Malone. You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife. You pull a gun, he sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's it, the Chicago way. You just joined the Treasury Department, son. Everybody knows where the booze is. The problem isn't finding it. Let's do some good! The problem is who wants to cross the pond. Somebody messes with me, I'm gonna mess with him. You carry a badge? Yes. Carry a gun. You fellas are untouchable. Is that the thing no one can get to you? Hey, everybody can be gotten to. All right, then. Drive him to the station. Anything happens, you shoot first. You understand me? Well, I'll tell you one more thing. You got an all-out price fight, you wait till the fight's over, one guy's left standing, and that's how you know who won. Just tell me, are you being careful? Careful as mice. 
I want to hurt some man Malone. I want to start taking the battle to him. I want to hurt Capone. This man can finger Al Capone. This man could put Capone behind bars. Okay, The Untouchables, uh, is there a reason for that? I was just thinking if you were doing a double feature, which this would be an insane double feature, um, <laughs> you start with the, the serious crime drama and you end with the goofy horror comedy. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So The Untouchables, uh, directed by Brian De Palma from 1987, starring Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, Robert De Niro, Charles Martin Smith, Andy Garcia, and a few more. Mike, what was the reason behind your choice to make me watch The Untouchables? Um, I just thought it was interesting as a movie that you hadn't seen. I don't know. It just feels like a Mike Smith kind of movie. It definitely you know? feels like something I should have seen at some point. Like I had yeah. that thought watching it. I was like, this it feels like I should have seen this by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is a movie that I like a lot and I hadn't seen it in a really long time. It was one of those, you know, when you're kind of in your early teens or whatever, and you're like kind of discovering movies and your parents are like, Hey, you should maybe watch some of these. You should watch this and you should watch the, and this was one of those movies. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I had seen it pretty early on and, and, uh, it's yeah, I don't know. It just and it had been a long time, so I kind of wanted to revisit it, and I wanted to know what is it like seeing it for the first time in 2022. What's that all about? What's what, what was Mike Smith's hot? What are your hot takes on Untouchables? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it's very good. Uh, you nice. know, I, I I mentioned this to you right before we uh, started, but I believe this is the third Brian De Palma movie that has been part of a Mike Makes Mike Watch. Uh, since we yeah. started doing these, uh, you made me watch Fans of the Paradise uh, way back in the day, and then I made you watch Blowout. Uh, at one point, there might have even been a fourth one in there. I feel like it's definitely a possibility. <laughs> I don't know. I keep talking about Mission Impossible. So <laughs> <laughs> you just have watched Mission Impossible many times. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, and this is like, I think probably the most high profile Brian De Palma movie that I hadn't seen. So it was like high up there on the list to check off. I think it's interesting to watch as somebody who likes De Palma's style because there's really not that much of like, it's not overtly a Brian De Palma movie. I feel like it's, uh, you know, it feels more like a traditional crime thriller with like, occasional flourishes that make that remind you like oh yeah brian de palma made this <laughs> yeah every now and then you're you like know. oh what is this five minute tracking pov shot <laughs> oh yeah it's for brian de palma <laughs> right so in that sense it's a lot like uh, the first mission impossible movie right yeah. where it's you know it's a fairly traditional uh action movie that has like touches that make it feel like a brian de palma film also just the insane uh like every like watching the opening credits of this movie i was like oh directed by brian de palma Written by David Mamet. Score by Ennio Morricone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it just keeps getting better. Just every keep, credit. Keeps getting better. And uh, that was pretty awesome. And, the, and uh, Mario, Morricone's score especially is like incredible uh, yeah. in this movie. It's really terrific. And those opening credits, just watching like the untouchables word kind of grow bigger and bigger is so cool. Uh, so loved that. Uh, I knew that Kevin Costner and Sean Connery were in this movie. Mike, I had no idea that Robert De Niro was in the untouchables. Nice. I had zero clue that Robert De Niro was in this playing Al Capone. <laughs> Yeah. And, and as soon as he came on screen, I was like, oh, my God, Robert De Niro is playing Al Capone. Duh. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I was like kind of putting myself in the head of like somebody watching this in 1987 and being like, this is the most obvious casting. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. It, like it, 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 he's good in the role, but it almost feels like boring because it's like, hey, you know, of course, Robert De Niro can play Al Capone. How could he not? <laughs> Yeah, he's just sort of doing his Robert De Niro thing the whole time, but uh, it's incredible. Yeah, he's really good as Al Capone. <laughs> yeah. 
I like him a lot, you know, and I was thinking about other Al Capone portrayals that I've seen. I was thinking about the Tom Hardy one a couple years ago, right, and mm-hmm. uh, how that kind of depicts the later years of Capone's life. And I was thinking about uh, Al Capone of Borbuck Empire, especially, which is uh, played by Stephen Cram, who's incredible in that show. But yeah, Robert De Niro is just uh, so much fun. He's chewing a lot of scenery in this movie, uh, which is pretty great. But really, this movie is about Kevin Costner as Elliot Ness, and, you know, it's him in the takedown of Al Capone, right? And mm-hmm. he uh, kind of starts working with this older cop, Malone, played by Sean Connery, who won an Oscar for this movie. <laughs> what? I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He uh, he won the Oscar for best actor uh, or best supporting actor in this movie, which is nuts. That's crazy. That's, That's crazy. wild. <laughs> he's uh, very good in it. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's very good in it. I think it's probably, uh, you know, this 87. This is like sort of the tail end of Connery's career. Not really the tail end because he, he's in stuff through like the early 2000s. But, you know, in the late 80s, he kind of had like a resurgence. Right. And I think uh, the Untouchables yeah. is a big part of that. Also, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, obviously. And so then, you know, you get to the 90s and he's making stuff like that, like live action Avengers movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I say live action. It's based on the TV show, The Avengers is not the Marvel Comics Avengers where he's in like a giant gummy bear suit uh, for like part of it. <laughs> you know, and he has League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and stuff like that, you know, later. And that's kind of the end of uh, the Connery career. So this is kind of, kind of the last like big heyday of Sean Connery, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and he is, he's very good in the movie. And I think he and Costner are just a really fun pair. I guess it's The Rock and this. Are kind oh, of shit. It. Yeah, of course, The Rock. Yeah. How, how could I forget The Rock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's great in this. Him and Costner together are really good. And I I love the the like just like sage advice cop that he plays. Like he's there to like form Elliot Ness into the, the G-Man he has to be or whatever, you know? Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about Kevin Costner in this movie too, uh, watching it and him playing Elliot Ness because I was thinking about the time this was. It was 87. Uh, Silverado was two years earlier, which was like his breakout. Wow. It, it's like his breakout movie, right? Silverado. And, uh, you know, Silverado, he's like just this like beam of energy. Yeah, and he and he's like this beam of energy. He's like so exciting and charismatic and he's having fun killing people and all that kind of stuff. And it's great in that movie. And now Kevin Costner is playing the squarest person that ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot Ness. Yeah. And, you know, I think he goes into that role pretty well. And like, this is the kind of thing when I watched Silverado, I was like shocked that he kind of had that in him because this is the kind of thing that I kind of picture Kevin Costner doing more, I guess. You know, this is like the kind of like sage, stoic Kevin Costner persona that uh, I've come to expect more. And that comes from here, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's definitely shades of Silverado in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. There's like a, there's obviously one scene where they like literally ride horses across a landscape yeah. as the theme swells. It turns into a Western for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, this shit rocks. Uh, but there's lots of moments like that where it's kind of just like the four of them walking down the street or like whatever, just doing like Western Hollywood shit that I was like, man, remember so <laughs> kind of wanted to just watch Silverado after it. Uh, <laughs> I did not realize it was two years later. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really weird. So, I mean, did you did you rewatch this uh, this past weekend, Mike? I did. Yeah, I got a chance to squeeze it in there nice. this weekend. Nice. Um, and man, yeah, it holds up real good. And every now and then, like you said, it's like, oh yeah, Brian De Palma. Like there, when uh, Malone, they and like you know home invade him, and it's like turns into a slasher movie for a second yeah. with the POV <laughs> killer shot, uh, all that stuff. Um, and just like, just big fucking squibs. I don't know. There's something like so satisfying when people get shot in a Brian De Palma movie or sure. one, of the, one of those like Hollywood brat people movies that just like, boom, and the whole wall behind them gets covered in blood and they go flying. I don't know. Like, it's just, is cool and exciting. And it's like the movies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's, you know, of course, like stuff that I don't, didn't really 
remember or realize um, is from this movie. Like when when Kevin Costner uh, at the end throws the guy off the building and he's like, "Did he sound anything like that?" <laughs> uh, like just that that line. Not that I like quote it or whatever, but sure. like when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh shit, it's from this!" Like <laughs> that's things like that are fun. Yes, you know? when he becomes Batman at the end of the movie, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I think what, what's fun about this is that, uh, you know, it's it's a crime drama, but it has like sort of an action movie sensibility to it. Um, and so yeah. it, it feels very like larger than life. It's based on historical events, but it's like it like completely fictionalizes them. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, it's Elliot Ness versus Al Capone, but it, like that's like kind of where it ends. Like there's, <laughs> there's yeah. like everything yeah. else that happened in this movie is like basically a fabrication except for the fact that they got Capone on his taxes. Right. That was the, that yeah. was the thing. Uh, and I liked that. That's like a lingering thing throughout the movie where like the accountant first shows up and he's like, I really think we can get him on his taxes. And you're like, ah, that's a stupid idea. What yeah. <laughs> this get guy? out of here, nerd, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's some really standout sequences in this movie. I think the uh, the sequence where it turns into a western for like 20 minutes is a lot of fun. Where they're in the uh, in Canada, uh, yeah. although it was actually filmed in Montana. Just throwing that out. Oh, there. interesting. Uh, yeah, filmed I believe in uh, Great Falls. I want to say, which is yeah, it's the town of Cascade, southwest of Great Falls. Uh, so all that Canada stuff was filmed like right around here uh, in in not in Missoula, but like around here. And like props were like moved in from like Missoula and Kalispell and all that kind of stuff. And uh, wow. so that's kind of a neat thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, Just Kevin Costner can't get out of Montana. Exactly. Yeah, he's stuck here now with his Yellowstone <laughs> show. <laughs> I believe he's filming like a new movie out here too. I think that's uh, oh, wow. something that's supposed to be happening pretty soon. Using all that Yellowstone clout to finally make like uh, like some kind of like big like epic, like a three hour you know big personal passion project kind of thing. I have not watched Yellowstone, but uh, yeah, I'm interested in checking that out uh, you yeah. know, at least. But uh, yes, yeah, so that whole sequence I think is a lot of fun. And I think that's uh, that's where the line came from that I quoted earlier where, uh, you know, they're, I, I really liked that moment where they're interrogating the guy and uh, Kevin Costner doesn't want to use violence or whatever. And then Sean Connery takes the guy who's already dead uh, and shoots him in the face uh, right. because the other guy doesn't know that he's dead. And he's like, okay, I'll talk, I'll talk. And uh, the one Canadian Mountie is like, I do not approve of your methods, Mr. Ness. And he's like, yeah, well, you're not from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, there's just a really, there's a, like just some interest in that scene too. Uh, there's just like really interesting uh, camera movement stuff where like they're out on the porch uh, talking about it and they like, go inside to investigate or interrogate that guy. Yep. And the camera just like goes out and around the wall instead. Like there's, you know, doing the like fourth wall thing. We're just like, ah, Brian De Palma, cinema, you know? <laughs> they don't make them like they used to. Um, totally. Yeah, that was cool. And I think the big obvious, the big standout is the the train station shootout, of course. That's, uh, the, big, yeah. that's the big one. So so all I knew about The Untouchables, I knew it was, you know, Elliot Ness versus Al Capone, whatever. Like, I knew that kind of stuff. I knew Kevin Costner was in it. Uh, and I knew there was something that involved stairs. Like, I only knew... <laughs> I, I was like watching the movie. I was like, there's some kind of like staircase sequence that like I heard about a lot and like have just never seen. And I, I thought that it was going to be happening uh, during the uh, shootout at Sean Connery's house when they were attacking him. Cause there's like a staircase, like that leads to a fire escape or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, well that's the stairs. I, I don't see what the big deal is about these stairs. Like whatever. Uh, and then like a hat, like 20 minutes later or whatever, this scene comes on where they're in the train station and it is 
a pretty intense sequence. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're at, they're at the train station and they're searching for one of Al Capone's guys, like the bookkeeper guy that's gonna like yeah. take him down and all that kind of stuff. And they're searching for him and they think they know what tra- they know what train's getting on because this is right after the uh, Sean Connery scene. Uh, and Sean right. Connery like dies in Kevin Costner's arms, but tells him like, "What are you prepared to do or whatever?" And like you know, tells him yeah. to go to the train station. Uh, so they go to the train station and uh, Kevin Costner's there on the lookout and he sees this woman like struggling to take her baby up the stairs like in her in her carriage. Uh, and he's like, do I help her? Do I not help her? I really got to keep an eye on this guy, but I can't not help this person. I'm too good. Uh, and so, and so yeah. he goes to help out the woman, the woman in the carriage and like takes the carriage up the stairs. And then as soon as they get to the top of the stairs, they see the guy and then a shootout breaks out. And yeah. uh, Kevin Costa like drops the baby and the baby carriage so that just hits every single step on the way. Down. Yes. <laughs> like the sound design really makes you feel that carriage hitting every step. <laughs> and it's all in slow motion. Yes, of course. And so that's happening while the big shootout is going on. And it's Kevin Costner and Andy Garcia versus Al Capone's guys. And uh, it's it's some pretty intense stuff. And they save the baby at the end. They they do yeah. they do save the baby. But I think it's it's also a good scene that like illustrates like how far Ness has strayed from his uh, you know goody two shoes kind of thing. Where like one of the first things you see him do in the movie is like you know get commended by the mother of this daughter who was killed for taking down these uh, these guys and like oh we need to keep our children safe and all that kind of stuff. And now he's like endangering this kid's life to take out Al Capone's guy. That's right. So I kind of like that too. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. And it's just so cool. The shootout is awesome. Uh, And then just the moment at the end, the button on the scene where Andy Garcia, the best shot in the Academy. (laughs) It's like, you got him. I got him. Just so confident as the guy's counting to five and he's take him. Boom. Fucking blows him away. Yeah, and that scene, of course, is the, you know the battleship Potemkin scene. Do you, are you familiar? Are you aware of all that? Uh, so I'm vaguely aware of this. I've, I've never seen Battleship Potemkin. Um, oh, okay. For whatever reason, I went to like I went to film school classes. I don't know why I never saw Battleship yeah. Potemkin, but uh, but I am aware of this. Yes. Yeah, it was very funny. I, I took like a silent film class or whatever, and of course we watched Battleship Potemkin and this the same, big same thing. You know, it's like a Soviet revolution movie or whatever, where right the crew of a battleship mutinies and there's a whole big like revolution going on and that had the same same thing happens where mom mother drops or lets go of her carriage and the baby goes down this same thing hits every step while there's this big battle going on uh so it's like just the exact same thing but i remember watching battleship tankin and being like this is the untouchables like <laughs> i didn't realize one of those moments or like wait a second um <laughs> Who took it from who? This movie from 1916 or, or, or the movie from 1987 or whatever right. it is. Um, so yeah, that was, that's very fun. And it's just such a weird thing. You know, we've been doing the Michelle Yeoh podcast where we're always talking about how they just d- wear their, wear their influences on their sleeve and they just do the, they just do the dirty Harry quote right. like directly uh, in, in yes, madam and stuff. Uh, and here, here we have Brian DePama just kind of doing the same thing, just directly doing the scene from Battleship Bedenkin. <laughs> Which is very much DePama's like MO. He does that all the time. And uh, I think specifically is always ripping off Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in a lot of his movies, he's always like he kind of fancied himself as like, oh, I'm sort of the next Hitchcock sort of thing or like that. Just like that. That was like his big chief influence uh, as a director. And you can see that in like all of his movies. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's definitely uh, I like seeing that aspect of it in this movie as well. Uh, it's pretty cool. You know, actually, Bob Hoskins could have been Al Capone in this movie. That was a, that was Whoa. a thing. <laughs> That would work very well. Holy it shit. It would have been really good. I mean, I, I was I was looking at some of the uh, other like 
you know, random bits about the movie. There's a few people that they had in mind for Elliot Ness. I guess uh, uh, apparently De Palma wanted Don Johnson to play Elliot Ness. Oh my God. That would have rocked, that, but it would have been a very different movie. Like right, right after like the Miami Vice TV series uh, hit the airwaves, the untouchables yeah. of Don Johnson. It would have been very different. Uh, Mickey Rourke was also in there. Jeff Bridges, William Hurt, Harrison Ford, Michael Douglas. They all turned it down. Uh, Jack Nicholson was uh, apparently supposed to play Ness at one point, And then Kevin Costner came in. Um, but yeah, Bob Hoskins, I guess was like the choice if De Niro turned down, turned down the role of, uh, of Al Capone. Oh, I remember actually seeing a story. Was it Bob Hoskins birthday? There was a clip of him on a, on a TV show talking about that where De Palma sent him like a check for $150,000. Yep. Oh, I forget. It was like a fake audition, right? It was like something to get De Niro to take the role or something like that. <laughs> yes. I can't remember the whole story. So, yeah, so he met, according to Wikipedia, which is where I'm grabbing this from, but uh, yeah, De Palma met with Bob Hoskins to discuss the role in case Robert De Niro could not appear. Uh, and when De Niro took the part, De Palma mailed Hoskins a check for his contracted fee of $200,000 uh, right. with, with a thank you note. And then Hoskins called up De Palma and said, do you have any more movies you don't want me to be? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. Yeah. It's pretty solid. Good stuff. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, the untouchables, other random things throughout the movie. Uh, you know, I think it's just really good. It's a good time. Uh, you know, I think that like random, as soon as the movie started and like you have the opening credits, which are great. And then the first shot of the movie is like this overhead shot of uh, De Niro in like a barber's chair, like kind of getting a, yeah. getting a shave and all the reporters surrounding him. Uh, I was like, okay, we're in good hands. This is going to be good. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I love. Uh, I think his name is Billy Drago, right? Who plays like uh, the the uh, assassin in the white suit guy? Yes, yeah. And I from this movie also, or I love him from this movie, and then also he's the villain on uh, the Adventures of Briscoe County Junior, the Bruce Campbell Western show. Okay. So whenever he shows up in anything, I'm like, it's the guy from Briscoe County, like. Uh, and he's not in a ton, um, but it's fun. He's such a slime ball. Like he plays that role so well. And yeah, just the the scene. I loved the scene um, with the accountant guy and the bookkeeper. Actually, no, it's not the bookkeeper. It's the guy from Canada that they arrest. And it's like this big one take where you see, like they're getting in the elevator. They're going to like sneak him out of the police station. Uh, and you see it's Billy Drago. It's that character is like impersonating a police officer in right. the elevator with them. It's like, you know, it's going to go down. And it's just this long one take walking up and down that hallway. Oh yeah. Following different people in and out of offices, just built, letting you build that tension. Like, holy shit, it's been so long since you've seen them. What is happening? Yeah. What is going on? Then Costner and Connor like finally realize like maybe what's happening and they like turn around and they're too late. Yeah. You, hear like a gunshot and they realize what's going on uh yeah it's fucking that scene rocks yes yeah so so good patricia clarkson also in this movie as uh elliot ness's wife which kind of a cool yeah. thing there too but yeah i uh, i really enjoy the untouchables i think it's good stuff uh you know it's a, it's a brian it, it's like i said it's like the biggest brian de palma movie that i hadn't seen and so now I'm, I'm glad to have crossed off the list you know <laughs> it's nice one that should have been there for a while and now now i guess the biggest might be like i don't know i've never seen carlito's way maybe that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's supposed to be really good though i think right? i think it is yeah i feel like i've heard good things about carlito's way uh i've never seen body double actually either too that's one that i should watch at some point oh yeah me neither um but i feel but i feel like the big ones like the mainstream ones you got you know the untouchables is a big one carrie mission impossible scarface i've seen all this so i, nice. I feel like i've crossed out like the first tier of De Palma, like the mainstream ones you know yeah yeah he's <laughs> definitely entering friend of the show uh, level for us yeah. i think it's pretty funny that he's gotten three 
make Mike watch things here. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think it's kind of like the status too, where it's like, I feel like he's somebody we both came to kind of later. Yeah. Um, maybe having seen like one or two of those bigger ones. Like I had seen Carrie when I was in high school and stuff like that. But uh, I think for both of us, like we kind of like in the last few years got more into Brian De Palma stuff. I want to say when we saw Sisters uh, at the Elmo yeah. Draft House years ago, that was probably like the impetus where we were like, okay, we got to check out more of this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Where it's just like direct, like Hitchcock influence, not even pretending it's not uh, like with sisters specifically. Um, But yeah, realizing where like you can see the director, like recognizing the style, because I think sisters is so stylized in like the De Palma way that I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Uh, And then, yeah, now we've gotten gotten to go back and watch a bunch of the the other stuff we missed. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'm very glad you made me watch The Untouchables. It is very good. And uh, it's one of uh, our editor Kyle's favorite movies. So he's probably editing this uh, right now and probably wants to go and watch The Untouchables uh, (laughs) once it gets done, (laughs) I would guess. But uh, all right. So that's The Untouchables. And then it's time to talk about one of my favorite movies that I made Mike watch, and that is Joe Dante's The Burbs. All Tom Hanks wanted was a quiet vacation at home. This is what I need, Carol. I I need this. Welcome to Mayfield Place. A typical street in the Burbs. Morning, Walter! Where nothing much ever happened. Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfield's lawn again. Until the Klopex moved in. Klopex? Klopex. Klopex. No one goes in, no one comes out. Neighbors from hell. It was a nice place to live. He said he thinks the Klopex are evil incarnate. Well, you're much too smart to fall for that, aren't you, honey? But now... Carol! You wouldn't want to visit there. Ray, this is Walter. The Burbs. All right, so it's time to talk about The Burbs, uh, directed by Joe Dante from 1989, starring Tom Hanks, Rick Ducumin, Bruce Dern, Carrie Fisher, Corey Feldman, and more. And I think the reason why I wanted to make you watch The Burbs is because this movie rules. Uh, I <laughs> I like this movie a lot. Uh, there, there are times when I think of it as maybe my favorite Joe Dante movie. It's it's like this and the two Gremlins, like kind of like all in like the holy trinity of Dante stuff for me. But I, I've gone back and rewatched this movie a bunch. I really enjoy it. I, I did not rewatch it this past weekend, but I did go to see it at the Roxy Theater not long ago. The Roxy Theater, of course, the anything near my house in Missoula, Montana. They played it as part of a movie cult on Saturday night, and I was like, we gotta go see the Burbs. We gotta do it. And so, yeah, I, I saw it at the Roxy pretty recently, and I think that had been the first time in a couple of years that I watched it. But yeah, this, this is a movie that I really love, and uh, when you told me you hadn't seen it, I was surprised because I... I was under the impression that I had made you watch it at some point. <laughs> uh, so now I'm making you watch it. So Mike, what did you think of the burbs? Um, yeah, the burbs, man. I get it. I get it. It's, it's very fun. It's real. It's, it's real Dante, uh, real Joe Dante, you know, um, who's a director is a, uh, that I don't really think I've seen many of his movies or really? at least not, not consciously. I think he's one of those guys that maybe has made a bunch of stuff that I just didn't know is a Joe Dante movie um, outside of like Gremlins and of course, you know, Piranha and that stuff. Sure. The original um, Piranha, of course, uh, Small Soldiers is a Joe, is yeah, a Joe Dante joint. Ex- didn't know that was a Joe Dante movie. I mean, I do now totally forgot that it was, but yeah, that would fall into that category of like, oh shit, this is a Joe Dante movie? Um <laughs> Um, yeah, I love, I love small soldiers. I haven't seen that in forever. That was um, my very first, uh, PG 13 movie ever with small soldiers. Nice. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. I remember really liking it. Nice. Um, who doesn't love a secret dirty dozen reunion in a kid's movie? Um, right. but anyway, uh, the burbs. Yeah. 
great. I mean, I I had always known this, um, like had been aware of this also like in the Tom Hanks kind of oeuvre before he kind of became like, you know, America's dad in all the movies right. or whatever kind of thing. Uh, like the safe, that's safe. Uh, yeah. It's not really the way to describe Tom Hanks, but you know what I mean? I, I, would, I would say, I would say if you're talking about Tom Hanks now, maybe like mostly safe performances, yeah. Um, that, that are like, you know, in, 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 in a certain wheelhouse, although you sometimes get something like Elvis, which is just fucking weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where he's, you know, Colonel Tom Parker and he's, you know, he, some might say he's the villain of this year's story. Uh, right. um, yeah. And now he's in that new Pinocchio remake that just came out of Disney Plus. Um, oh, God. Which uh, is directed by Robert Zemeckis. So I have to watch it at some point. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be bad. I, I'm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Resigning myself to uh, it being bad. But I know he plays Geppetto in it. But yeah, I, I think, you know, a lot of people think of Tom Hanks now as like the guy who played Mr. Rogers a couple years ago, right? Right. Uh, or he played Walt Disney in the Save Mr. Banks movie, right? Or he was a uh, Sully. He was Sully. <laughs> yeah. Know? And I think and I think when Tom Hanks is on, and I think he's good in all those movies. Uh, I don't think Save Mr. Banks is good, but Sully and uh, uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood are both good movies. But yeah, he's good in all those movies. And when he like kind of goes outside of the comfort zone, it can be really interesting. I think Captain Phillips is a phenomenal performance from Tom Hanks. Yes. Uh, like uh, in recent years. And that's something that is like, you know, oh, big dad movie energy. But also he's like really going for it in Captain Phillips, uh, which is great. And I think Bridge of Spies in sort of in the similar vein uh, of like, you know, dad movie energy, whatever you want to call it. But he's good in it. Um, yeah. the post, you know, all that kind of stuff. He's good. Tom Hanks, good actor. <laughs> Turns out he's good. Uh, but yeah, it's fun to go back, uh, and see, see him kind of in the, I guess in the eighties, uh, and just being, right. being a little zanier, a little in like a little more of a dangerous movie or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I would like him to do more zany stuff, uh, in recent years. Uh, I think the zaniest thing he's done is probably the David pumpkin sketch in SNL is my right. <laughs> same, very same energy to, uh, <laughs> to, to the, the burbs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, this, this, I love how just right from the very beginning, like right from the universal logo and it just zooms into the Midwest, into a suburb, into a, into a street, into, onto a cul-de-sac. Uh, and you're just, I'm just like, I mean, like fucking Joe Dante, man. I don't know what the, like why that alone was like kind of really all it took for me to be like, I'm in, uh, yep. And yeah, having having it be about those weird new neighbors that don't come outside, that don't mow the lawn. Uh, what is that noise? What is going on? What are those lights? And just the ways the suburbs are just the fucking worst uh, and how you don't know anybody <laughs> and who they really are and just the way that spirals out into insanity and and with the, the Joe Dante like dark humor touch and it's fucking great. I mean, I posted that screenshot. Uh, it's just the, you know, we, we, we've talked about too a lot on here about Joe Dante and his like Looney Tunes or whatever Bugs Bunny style yes. comedy and stuff. And yeah, just that simple moment when they go to knock on the front door and the number on the house is 669. And when they knock, the nine spins down to say 666. <laughs> Peak comedy. Like, gene, like absolutely hilarious. Got like a bigger laugh for me than it probably should have. Yeah. Um, but it's the simple shit like that that makes this movie so much fun. And just uh and the same thing we were just talking about with with the untouchables where like the cat like the credits, you're like, yeah, Tom Hanks, Carrie Fisher, Bruce Dern? Like what? It just like kept going. Um that was so much fun. Uh and yeah, Bruce Dern in this is amazing. It's um, unbelievable. <laughs> I don't really know if I could like place a Bruce Dern performance other than the Hateful Eight. Uh, yeah, you know, cause he's one of those guys that's just in everything and he kind of blends in a lot, at least in his earlier stuff. Uh, but him being like that kind of like paranoid ver- veteran guy, like the army surplus dude that just has all the shit from the, from the military 
is so fucking funny. And yeah, just what a blast. Corey Feldman, great. Yeah, so, so all around, the burbs, man. Wonderful. Yeah, I uh, I really love this movie. I think part of it is because I did grow up uh, in a cul-de-sac in a suburb. Uh, and so you watch yeah. this and it's like, oh, this, like, it's, it's an exaggeration, but like, is it? Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I you know, I, I remember like my parents like looking out the window and watching, like, mm, there goes those neighbors, they're doing they're up to something or whatever. Like they like they it's just like a thing that people in the suburbs do. <laughs> yeah. Like even like, yeah, to this day, my parents like look out the window and be like, huh, somebody's parked in front of the house. And you're like, who cares? Like, why? <laughs> what does that matter? They don't get like mad about it, but like they'll take note. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, you take note. And I feel like and it's weird because like the older I get, the more I'm like, hmm, you know, somebody's parked in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're up to no good <laughs> yeah it's so fucking funny yeah and i and i love that my favorite thing about this movie i think is like they turn out to be right in the end <laughs> you know like i think that that fake out of like uh you know they blow fucking blow the house up everything goes wrong right uh the cops show up all that shit the end of rock and roll high school and also co-directed by joe dante <laughs> yes exactly um and you're just like oh yeah that's right and, and tom hanks has that big speech where he's like it's not them it's not like the same thing you were just doing in the beginning yep um and then but then they they fucking are like you saw our skulls didn't you and like then it turns that they're trying to kill tom hanks he was right all <laughs> yeah. the whole time is so fucking funny. It's such like the Joe Dante dark humor twist to be like, no, actually they're evil. Exactly. Um, it's good <laughs> stuff. Yes. Yeah. It, and I think this, what's fun about this is it's kind of like building on some of the stuff he was doing in Gremlins, which I think, I think Gremlins kind of taps into, I mean, something that Joe Dante does a lot is kind of like observe the suburbs and like kind of the sort of like silly CD underbelly <laughs> yeah. underneath, right. Or like the wacky, like kind of darkness that is sort of inherent in it. And I think Gremlins does that. I think you see that in matinee, uh, which is a movie I've tried to make you watch before. I don't think I've I've succeeded yet. <laughs> no, I have not seen that one. <laughs> but, it, but it has been one that's been like thrown out there as a Mike Makes Mike Watch. I believe, uh, you know, we spoke about Brian De Palma as a three-timer Mike Makes Mike Watch. I believe Joe Dante is now in the second one. Um, yes. Because I did make you watch Explorers uh, many years ago at this point. I, I think that was like 2020. Yeah, that was one of the first ones we did for this, for the Mike and Mike Makes Mike Watch. Yes, um, but Explor yeah. Explorers, same thing. It's about kids in a suburb, like, you know, kind of getting uh, into shenanigans. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, get, discovering an alien, sort of a little, little Spielberg-y uh, yes. kind of there. And yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I know having listened to uh, the movies that made me, which is uh, Joe Dante's podcast with Josh Olson, uh, they talk about Joe Dante grew up like I think in northern New Jersey. So like sort of the suburbs of New York City. Yeah. So I can only imagine like how what you know what experiences and stuff he's pulling on from for these movies. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh yeah, I think Tom Hanks is, is so much fun in this. I mean, like you said, it's you know, it's it's so fun to see him in this kind of mode uh compared to what you see him in now. And I think this was like a mode where it's like, yeah, you know, once you hit like early nineties, once you get to like Philadelphia Forrest Gump, it's like, well, it's a different kind of Tom Hanks that exists now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but like it's this it's this run where like the year before this was big, you know, he had big, he had the money pit, he had this, he had uh, Joe versus the volcano, like all these kind of like big wacky kind of movies uh, where Tom Hanks is like the amiable fun lead guy of it. And uh, he's so good in it. Also, I, I just found this out, but Tom Hanks was nominated for an Oscar for big <laughs> for big for big. <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> That can't be. You're lying. I am There's not no lying. Way. That's that's true. Uh, Tom Hanks nominated for an Oscar for Big. I like looked that up and was like shocked. Uh, the reason I found that out is because I was I was at the uh, the movie theater the other day and you know they do the uh, you know little trivia at the beginning of the thing with Maria Menounos. I get it. Uh, well, that's the Regal Cinemas. The AMC is just uh -oh. nothing. It's nobody. Terrible. <laughs> You're just waiting there for 20 minutes until Nicole Kidman finally shows up. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a trivia question where it's like, oh, you know, what are which what, which of these movies was Tom Hanks nominated for an Oscar for? And they listed like big. They listed Forrest Gump, Philadelphia, and I think Castaway or something. And I was like, oh, it's a trick question because uh, you know Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. He actually won both of those Oscars. He so he, the, the, it's two two of them are right, and he won both. And then it's like oh, the answer is big, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> was, what the fuck I got out tricked by the trick question <laughs> my god <laughs> but yeah Tom Hanks nominated for an Oscar for Big so this is like the year after and he's making The Burbs which is like one of the weirder movies of his career and I think Joe Dante brings so much to it in terms of just how insane he gets with the camera I think like one of the standout sequences to me is when they find the bone um, yes. in the backyard and they think it's Walt. They realize like, oh, it's Walter. And then they just start screaming and the camera starts zooming back and forth, like in on their faces. <laughs> yeah. And it goes on for so long. I was yeah. like, like in shock that it was happening forever. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Art like has to stop him. Like, like he keeps going. Art's like, okay, we've done this enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very funny. Um, and yeah, just all that kind, all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to think of other uh, the sequence when they go into uh, like Walter's house when they realize he's missing or they think he's missing and all that stuff. Oh yeah, just like the the tension, like you know, thinking like, oh yeah, Joe Dante can like also do horror stuff. Uh, like the tension building of like, there's gonna be a dead body in here at any moment. Uh, like every corner <laughs> they turn uh, and all that, and then Bruce Stern's wife screams like ah, and it's his toupee. Uh, it's fucking hilarious. Yes, yeah, so good. I also love there's like. A great a great like physical gag where like i think somebody like picks up a tray of cookies and somebody smashes him with the door like right after <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah art goes in the fridge and he's like oh look cookies and cory feldman bursts through the door and the, the tray just explodes um very good yeah which is great I, I love cory feldman in this movie too i think he's so much fun you know i think i think watching this movie like when i was younger i was i identify with cory feldman more i was like ah, i'm the fun teenage kid who's gonna have a party and just watch all this shit go down and then as as you get older you kind of like age into like the Tom Hanks part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did think that was very funny that he's just like a stoner kid. He's like calling his friends like, you got to come over here, man. Like this is going to be better than TV, you know, or whatever he says. Uh, I called the pizza dude, you know, uh, it's like you can't leave. And um, yeah, and it's just by the end of it, he's got like 40 people hanging out on his porch. Like what? <laughs> what? And they're like calling out like, don't do it. Don't go in there, man. Like, you know, all that stuff. Uh, it's very fun. It's pretty great. Uh, and I also just love there's that that great sequence where Tom Hanks takes the dog out for a walk and he sees Art and he sees Corey Feldman and they're just hanging out. And, you know, Corey Feldman's like, you ever see that movie, The Sentinel, Mr. Peterson? Yeah, <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> I could not believe my Jeff Goldblum knowledge came came in use <laughs> right. to understand that reference. <laughs> and he's just going in, in into detail about the movie The Sentinel and like, you know, how it was like a gateway to hell at his neighbor's apartment and all that kind of stuff. It's like, man, what if that kind of thing was happening here? And then Art goes into like the story about Skip the Ice Cream Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I love, I love the dream sequence that, that Tom Hanks has and like how like nightmarish and, but also goofy that is. And I love, yes. what is it? Satan is good. Satan is our pal. We want to murder everyone or something like yep. that. Yeah. I have that. Uh, I, have a, I have a Burbs poster sitting behind me and that's on the poster. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. We, I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and like they're all just chanting that around <laughs> Tom Hanks on a giant barbecue, like a like a charcoal grill. Uh, yes, I think my favorite detail in that uh, sequence too is when Walter arrives, like in that thing, and he has like a giant axe in his head, and then he he's like holding his dog, and the dog has a tiny axe in its head. <laughs> <laughs> 
Very good, man. <laughs> T- the fucking Joe Dante, you yes. know? Did it again. Well, you know, one of the best. I mean, uh, Joe, Joe Dante, like one of my favorite filmmakers, and I had like a big like Joe Dante kick a few years ago, um, which is where I saw some of these movies for the first time. Like I saw Inner Space for the first time, uh, which is good, and I saw The Howling for the first time and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if there's another Joe Dante movie in the mix that you haven't seen, Mike, I mean, I feel like Matinee would be like the next. Like, I really love Matinee. That's like a top Joe Dante movie too. Yeah, uh, and a super underrated one. There was a Shout Factory Blu-ray of it, so it's kind of like, kind of gotten like a little bit rediscovered, but uh, it's awesome. Yeah, I think of all the ones that would be like most up my alley. It sounds like it's Matinee. Yeah, Matinee, which Matinee is like a it's a comedy that takes place like during the Cuban Missile Crisis, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's like a, about a, it's about like a kid growing up like during that time, but like who like idolizes this like William Castle type independent filmmaker. And that guy's coming to his hometown with his new movie, which is called Mant. Uh, and it's <laughs> about a giant ant. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, and the filmmaker's by John Goodman. And it's like this kid getting into adventures and trying to go meet his like idol kind of thing. It's, it's great. It's a good time. That sounds wonderful. I know. I also want to see if I can try to find, I don't know if it's available. Joe Dante, he always talks about on, uh, on the movies that made me, uh, he made this HBO television movie called The Second Civil War. And I think yes. it's from like 1999 or something like that. And uh, particularly like around the election and all that stuff, he was always talking about like if the screens were flat, they got it right. Like, the, but because it's from the 90s, all the TVs <laughs> right. and stuff are like giant tube TVs and shit. Uh, and he's always like, he was like very freaked out by by like how accidentally accurate they uh, <laughs> made that movie. And I'm like, that sounds incredible. I want to know what a, like a, like a hard hitting political <laughs> like satire from Joe Dante is like. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I actually, I believe that's the only one that I haven't seen. Uh, wow. So yeah, I, I got to check that out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. We'll have to find it. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, yeah. But I've seen like all the rest. Like Looney Tunes back in action is a good time. If you haven't seen that, <laughs> I have seen that. Okay. Yeah. It's good. It's it's like it's way better than Space Jam. <laughs> it's like that. It's just, That's got Brendan Fraser in it, right? It does have Brendan Fraser. Your boy. Uh, I'm in. So yeah. And Steve Martin is the villain, uh, which is <laughs> wild. <laughs> Incredible. I don't remember that. Uh, but yeah, matinee. You got small soldiers. You got the hole. I think the hole's pretty good. Uh, I don't think I've seen that one. Fun little horror movie from 2009. And then his last movie was uh, Burying the X, which I kind of liked. I feel like a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was pretty good. It's got Anton Yelchin in it. All uh, right. So yeah, it's pretty pretty good stuff. Explorers. You got Inner Space. Uh, I, I would say matinee and Inner Space would be like the two like kind of big ones that you haven't seen yet. I'm assuming you haven't seen yeah. Inner Space. Yes, correct. I have not. Yeah. I, I would like to check that out. I remember he, they were just recently talking about that on one of the episodes. And uh, he, Joe Dante, was they were joking around and he blames uh the poster for why that didn't succeed really <laughs> the poster for that is so weird uh, <laughs> i mean so, like as a goof he was like sure, oh, yeah. if it wasn't for that damn poster but yeah uh i have not seen that i haven't seen matinee uh i don't really know what else what else is out there that i haven't yeah i mean gremlins one and two i've seen gremlins one and two the howling have you seen i have seen the howling okay yeah, the howling's great gotcha did i make you when you watch rock from high school was that part of the mike makes mike watch i don't remember <laughs> Because it was like, I feel like it was like a relatively recent thing where you watched it, right? Like it wasn't within the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if we need to bump that up to a three time Joe Dante. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen it. So it's true. Uh, but but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think if it was like part of an episode that we did or not. But uh, in any case, Rockman High School is good stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. That movie uh, rocks. And rolls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right. So that's the verbs. We did it, Mike. 
We did it. We talked about two movies that don't really come together at all. I can't think of any. <laughs> There's not really one. any connective tissue between the Untouchables and the Burbs. No, not at all. I mean, unless um, unless you count. I mean, in the in the Untouchables, Kevin Costner lives in the suburbs, right? And yeah, he's afraid that people are going to be attacking him. That's true, and that's kind of a thing in the Burbs, also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. And I love. Oh wait, just real quick, I love when we, when they go like finally go over to the neighbor's house, and it's just some like Adams family bullshit going on in that <laughs> in that house. That's so fun. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. When they like, <laughs> they step through like the, uh, or not, that's earlier in the movie when they like step through the porch or whatever, and all the bees come flying out or yeah, all that kind of stuff, which is great. Um, but yeah, when they enter and it's like the the weird like they, it's like they offer you them sardines and crackers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's just like weird knocking and stuff. And I love. There's one one moment that's just very funny where they're like all standing in silence, and Bruce Stern is like off in the corner. And he's like picking at like the wallpaper and then he just rips a huge chunk of wallpaper <laughs> off and then he realizes what he did and he like tries to stick it back on. I don't know. It's very, just a lot of good physical gags yes. throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're holding the brownies and they just like drop them as soon as they're like, ah, oh, there go the goddamn brownies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so that is the verbs. That is the untouchables. And that, I believe, brings us to the end of this week's episode, Mike. We did it. Yeah, nice little, nice little quick one for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before I head out for vacation for a week. so uh, Exactly. Yeah, we'll be doing that. But uh, yeah, all right. That's going to be it for uh, this week's episode of the podcast. Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods plural because we have two podcasts yes we do you can find me online at uh, m smith film blog on twitter mike smith film on letterbox and radio mike sandwich on instagram thanks for listening to mike might go to the movies i'm mike smith that's mike decree show don't forget to rate interview the show on apple podcasts or any other podcast app and if you want to contact us tweet at us at mike and mike pod uh you can find the rest of our podcast on rapture press alongside many other podcasts about kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff uh next week i'll be gone i am going to be out of here i am going to chicago for riot fest and uh then I'll be back in New York for a few days. So uh, Mike D will be doing something. <laughs> I will for sure have a guess, but it'll be a surprise for all of us. Exactly. Yes, we will figure out who that will be. You know, could be with uh, producer Colin, do the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 episode, or it could be something else. You know, anything's possible. Yeah. I don't really want to watch Sonic the Hedgehog 2, <laughs> so maybe it won't be that. But, any, you know, who knows? I mean, it's, at some point, I feel like you're going to have to watch it. <laughs> Based on the promise of the uh, the first Sonic the Hedgehog episode, but uh, you're right. Uh, but it doesn't have to be this time. It could be something else. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. It'll be a fun surprise for both of us. Exactly. Yeah. When the episode, nobody will know. I won't even know till the episode comes out. You're just gonna randomly call somebody in the uh, in the Skype chat, like in in, in, in <laughs> yeah. our contacts, and uh, you just <laughs> just call them. And be like, hey, we're doing an episode right now. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, in the meantime, The Complete Works is back for season three, and uh, this week we released episode three, Michelle Yeoh's first starring role in the Hong Kong action classic, Yes, Madam, which uh, Mike and I, both big fans. Fuck yeah. The best movie. The best the best movie. So, so good. I uh, love Yes, Madam. So that is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah.